The O'Reilly Factor is on, kind of. We have technical problems tonight, so we can't show you our usual open, but we have an excellent program. New stuff on ACORN, Neil Cavuto on the healthcare chaos, and Mel Gibson gets a break. Caution, you are about to enter the no-spin zone. The Factor begins right now. Welcome to Michael and Us. My name is Alan Combs. Ah, that's a joke. My name is Will Sloan. <laughs> uh, Al Franken here. <laughs> Just kidding. It's regular co-host Luke Savage. How are you doing, guys? Boy, well, a lot has happened since we last spoke. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen you since we recorded the last episode. And let's see. So when we last recorded Michael and Us, uh, the world was on the brink of a nuclear war. Mm -hmm. God, that feels so long ago, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Steve Bannon was still in the White House. So many. Scaramucci was still on everyone's lips. Yeah, uh, Canada uh, had a, a, a powerful uh, Breitbart of its own. <laughs> you know, it's funny. After Trump was elected, everyone was saying, you know, how bad could it be? And mm -hmm. it is pretty wild when six months later you get to a week when it begins with like saber rattling over nuclear war and mm -hmm. it ends with a massive white supremacist rally that yeah. he refused to denounce. Right. So things are bad. Yeah. But let's talk about a bit about the rebel media. The only, you know, the only place I get my news. <laughs> the elites don't speak for me. Right. There has been a big development in, um, yeah, I guess in the Canadian media, largely last week. People, what people might not know what the rebel media is. Is that possible? Right. I think that is... Is possible although you know i think the the rebel media implosion was kind of part of a, a bigger implosion or well a bigger schism within the alt-right that sort of happened in the wake of charlottesville and so i think some people actually were aware of it i noticed actually just today salon had an article about it although um, their article started with something like being a salon reader you probably don't know the rebel media <laughs> right right which is a little disingenuous yeah <laughs> well so the rebel for people who don't know sort of came out of the ashes of sun news which was an attempt by Quebecor, which is kind of a, I guess you could say a right-leaning media conglomerate, leading figures in the conservative movement like uh, Corey Tanike, who was an advisor to Stephen Harper, a staffer for Steve, Stephen Harper. Uh, they wanted to set up a Fox News North. Hollywood. The glitz. The glamour. The biggest shows on television. Is there a darker side? Is it all just primetime propaganda? An attempt to shape us in their own leftist image. Not even Elmo and Big Bird are innocent. Brian Lilly has the story. A one-hour special of Byline you won't want to miss. Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, only on Sun News Network. Um, and Sun News really never rose above the, you know, it's trying to compete within the Canadian cable market. And I think it was on channel 15 on the mm -hmm. dial here, which is, was very good. Mm -hmm. I used to watch it a lot uh, because it was... A lot know. of people watched it ironically. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't think... I, I well, I never watched it for more than 15 minutes, really, because it was so fucking boring. Right. It was very low rent mm -hmm. and it didn't, it didn't catch on at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like with, uh, you know, Fox News proper, it sort of rests on a fallacy which is that you know the media in the country has like a liberal or a left-wing bias which is just absolutely not true if its you main look at... punching bag was the cbc yeah and specifically the idea that the cbc is this kind of like mm -hmm. tax funded right. you right. know liberal party propaganda that's machine. right and i and ironically uh the cbc of course having been created by the conservative party which is a funny irony mm -hmm. of history but um the irony of sun tv was that their kind of final bid to stay alive once when it became clear that they they weren't uh, succeeding in the marketplace was to 
try to become mandatory. So if you got a cable package, they would just be part of the the cable package. So I guess uh, you know, statism, statism is bad, corporatism is bad until uh, until it's not. Anyway, Sun TV kind of uh, you know it failed, and within a few months. Ezra Levant, who'd become, you know... Um, the Bill O'Reilly of... Yeah, he was sort of the most visible face if it started the Rebel Media, which I guess has been around for two years, or slightly under two years, or slightly to over, over two years. And I'm it's not sure. more of a Breitbart of Canada. Yeah, so it's it's further to the right. Um, I mean, it's not operating within, like, a cable news format, right? I imagine the production costs are pretty low. It's just done on the kind of a, like, green screen. Um, but it grew pretty quickly into... A semi-global, uh, I mean, empire might be too strong a word, but um, they had or have correspondence in Britain and Australia, and they have ties to the American kind of alt-right movement, and their personalities have kind of, um, some of them have kind of international celebrity status. Their biggest get, of course, uh, Gavin McInnes, mm-hmm. right around the period when he fully declared allegiance to the alt-right and mm-hmm. became irredeemably toxic for right. everyone else. Gavin McInnes is sort of like, you know, the Dennis Miller of, uh, as Dennis <laughs> Miller was to Fox News. He's kind of like the clown prince of yeah. the rebel. Yeah. And he got ended up getting them into a lot of trouble with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That video, like, 10 Things I Hate About Jews. Mm-hmm. As the rebel went on, there was this increasing sense that, like, the tail was wagging the dog and that all of these correspondents like Gavin were putting out all this content that Ezra had to, you know back down from or apologize for yeah they've had a they had a few kind of embarrassing things that i mean the headline 10 things i hate about the jews where gavin Mm -hmm. mckinnis said like you know i'm becoming anti-semitic or whatever i remember this actually came out of this mandatory trip that all the rebel correspondents did to israel Mm -hmm. that ezra levant insisted on and which he was not present at but uh i guess it was canada land broke the story Mm -hmm. with the uh, the sort of boozy video where they were all sitting around uh, talking and, and saying some uh, some <laughs> shitty things. But um, things kind of came to a head, I guess, after um, one of their correspondents was, like, broadcast from Charlottesville um, and, you know, was very much, you know, was, talk- was walking around talking about uh, how there's been a rise in white consciousness and all this <laughs> stuff and, and later endorsed Richard Spencer's uh, white supremacist manifesto. So that started... Um, that started a bit of an exodus. There were, like, Brian Lilly, who uh, was a correspondent on Sun News, who co-founded The Rebel. Uh, he quit. There were a few other resignations throughout the week. Barbara Kay, who was a contributor, said she wouldn't contribute anymore. I mean, a, th- a thing to know about The Rebel is that it had, it really had ties to the mainstream conservative movement. It's very influential. In Alberta, it's very much kind of the leading, I, I think, one of the leading voices of the conservative movement and uh press progress where i work we investigated you know how many conservative mps have appeared on the rebel and we found that like roughly a quarter of the caucus as a federal caucus has appeared on the rebel at one point or another including the current leader andrew Scheer. so um these were the kinds of people to distance themselves from the rebel this week um or last week rather and um uh and it the i guess the the sort of end of the week was the firing of uh of star co- uh, correspondent Faith Goldie after she went on uh, the Daily Stormer podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever meet Faith Goldie? She was at U of T. I had a class with her. Oh, perhaps I did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, she's she's about our age. Huh. Um, like anyway. ships passing in the Yeah, night. She, so she went on the Daily Stormer. Speaking of ships, by the way, the Rebel <clears throat> Cruise was canceled. That's right, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I now have a free week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, our plans to do Michael and us uh, live. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's a big development in the. Uh, I mean, there was a there was speculation that Nation Builder, which hosts them, was oh, going to drop them. That's what I'm thinking. But that didn't that didn't end up happening. Okay. Uh, but they did. There was a web provider, I think, that like suspended some of their traffic. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was permanent or temporary. People can read. There's a post media story about it. Um, in any case, uh, I think. All of this context from the past few weeks uh, sort of informed our choice uh, for the film today, which it just so happens fits perfectly within the foundational ethos of Michael and Us as a piece of kind of uh, early 2000s cultural ephemera, um, something that, you know, uh, feels just (laughs) unbelievably dated. uh, And that, of course, is the film Outfoxed Rupert Murdoch's War on Journalism. Their methods are outlandish. Their technique is outstanding. Because he does seem to agonize and flip-flop over and over and over again. He's flip-flop on all these issues. Carries flip-flopping. Flip-flopper. Flip-flops. Flip-flop. Flip-flops. 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 Flip-flops like crazy. Optimistic flip-flopper who doesn't have any principles. Is that a little harsh? Their news is outrageous. Why can't the city attract more minorities to the police department? Well, because black guys are afraid of water. North Korea loves uh, loves John Kerry. Really? Yeah. The key thing is, don't be inhaling, don't be ingesting. Stay inside, don't drink or eat anything. What would you say would be uh, Senator Kerry's one or two major weak points that could be exploited? Is Kerry's involvement in a group that's inherently violent? John Kerry was scaring old people, as usual. Saddam must love you, and I'm sure he must Don't even, don't even try and do that. The way we deal with them is the way President Bush is dealing with them. You cordon the area, you serve for them and you shoot them. In the next few days, they got to go in there and just kill as many of these people as they can. Real journalism, fair and balanced. Assuming that the unthinkable happens and that, that Senator Kerry becomes president. And now they've been outfoxed. I suspect your research has discovered the memoranda that were written by John Moody. Every morning, there was a detailed list of st- subjects to talk about, not talk about. Us. Robert Greenwald guides us into an uncompromising look at one of the most scandalous news sources in our time. Understand that this is an adjunct of the Republican Party. There is no journalism at the Fox News Channel. A better slogan for Fox would be, we opine, you recline. Out Foxed. Rupert Murdoch's War on Journalism. I saw this film in 2004 on a DVD that I rented from Rogers Video. Uh, It was directed by Robert Greenwald, who, he's got kind of a funny backstory. He directed a movie called Xanadu in the early 80s, which you probably haven't heard of, but it's a uh, roller skating disco musical that stars Olivia Newton-John and Gene Kelly. (laughs) And it was kind of a notorious... Wouldn't Gene Kelly have been kind of old at that point? Yeah, he was like probably in his 60s or 70s. But is he like the male romantic lead i've never seen it so i don't know <laughs> so I, that's next week folks yeah uh, <laughs> uh but after that auspicious beginning to his <laughs> film career it's kind of a notorious flop in its day in the 2000s robert greenwald made this career out of directing straight to dvd anti-bush kind of agitprop <laughs> films i remember watching a bunch of them back in the day mm. uh i think one of them was called exposed the whole truth about the war in iraq right. and they all have this aesthetic of kind of being like edited on a mac 
And it looks terrible. Yeah, and uh, outfoxed moveon.org and the Center for American Progress were involved in making it, and it was the kind of movie that liberal groups would have viewing parties of, and they would campaign to get their theaters to show. And it was one of many sort of lefty documentaries that played in theaters in the immediate wake of Fahrenheit 9-11. Uh, and one thing about Obama becoming president is that nobody ever watched a Robert Greenwald movie after that ever again. <laughs> well, except for us, who... Uh... Yeah, so this movie, on the one hand, it's so dated, but on the other hand, it kind of feels like feels like all the same issues that we're talking about now, except now it's a little more vulgar. Now it's Breitbart instead of Fox News, and it's Donald Trump instead of George W. Bush. And so much of this movie... This movie is attempting to be a comprehensive takedown of Fox News, and so much of it is kind of focusing on this idea that, oh, they claim to be fair and balanced, but actually they're not. And here's an example where they're not, and here's another example. And now, with Breitbart, there's no pretense of being fair and balanced. Yeah, I don't know. The the film, I think, would be more effective if it had been, you know, half an hour long. It's 70 minutes, which, you know, seemed pretty trim before we started it, but once we were kind of 30 minutes in we're like oh god how much yeah it only has a handful of ideas one of the ideas is that fox news purports to be journalism but it's propaganda one of the other ideas is that it's dangerous because the people are being fed false information and because they're being fed false information they're voting for the wrong candidates right uh and the wrong candidates are the republicans and the right candidates are whatever crappy like <laughs> compromised morally bankrupt corporate hack the democratic party nominates and if, and if everyone would just instead of watching fox news would just flip their dial a few channels later to msnbc then everything yeah. would be okay again yeah so i mean one of the i mean so i just so that we can say something nice about this movie I I think that it's at its most effective when there are a few kind of things where it'll be like, here are tactics Fox News uses, and some of them are are interesting because they're backed up by a whole bunch of clips. So one of them was um, this really chicken shit uh, sort of tabloidy technique where they will kind of cite something but it's just hearsay it's not it's not cited to anyone in particular it's like oh people are saying that john Kerry is going to tax us more right right uh, something like that I so mean, there's that's something that they people say on every network though right that's true although uh i mean i i, I would think just, that it i mean the, the film treats yeah. fox news as like a pioneer in a lot of this stuff and i think that's probably true to some extent um, yeah I, I mean it's kind of, like that that's kind of a, a standard hack journalist trope, yeah but i mean the movie does show us a lot of internal memos from Fox where their their employees will be directed, for example, to use the word sharpshooter instead of sniper. Right. And it, and this is kind of like, you know, it's interesting. It's like junior Noam Chomsky stuff. Yeah, there's, I mean, what you basically get a sense of is that not just within Fox News, but within the wider conservative kind of media ecosystem and also the Republican Party, there's kind of a a message box every day and and these internal memos are written in the form of a fox news broadcast in yeah. these kind of like like very smarmy rhetorical questions Could like john Kerry's flip-flopping be hurting his campaign surely mm. this will become a major issue in the election mm-hmm. yeah it's like all innuendo now amusingly one of the there, there are some real media critics in this film there are also some uh 
people that have since gone very bad, like James Wolcott, who wrote that ridiculous piece about like the rise of the alt left, um, which which was on Trump, a phrase on Trump's lips uh, last yeah. week. I feel bad uh, about James Wolcott. I, <sighs> I I used to be a fan. Uh huh. What can I say? Um, well, t- 2015, 2016 claimed a lot of. <laughs> yeah, there are also some um, people who rose on to more prominence. We see uh, one uh, Alan Franken. One Alan Franken <laughs> at the time identified as Air America Air host. America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's too bad it didn't work out for him. And then we see also a fresh-faced senator from Vermont by the name of Bernie Sanders. He'll never go anywhere. A socialist in America. In fact, uh, we see a clip, a very brief clip of Bernie Sanders on the O'Reilly factor, and you can imagine what was going through the heads of Bill, o- Bill yeah. O'Reilly and his staff. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this. There's this coot, this <laughs> independent socialist senator from Vermont. Let's get him on and have him an easy punching bag. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, to be pedantic for a sec, he probably was in Congress at the at that point. But oh, uh, excuse anyway, me, sorry. Um, yeah, just gonna twirl my bow tie here for a sec. Um, anyway, another character in this movie, which which I thought was really funny, was David Brock, who you know is looking much younger than he does these days. These days, he looks like um like an Oompa Loompa that's been like exiled by Willy Wonka or something. Yeah, and this but one he, he looks very like campus liberal. Yeah, and he yeah you know he's he's there you know in in very agitated but kind of uh, somber tones complaining about Fox News's uh, lack of objectivity. When journalism ceases to function, yeah. democracy yeah. ceases to function. Uh, it's like they don't even care about the truth. So this is a guy who, who um, started his career as a conservative assassin, <laughs> who then became kind of like the Karl Rove of the Democratic Party, a guy who um, who has absolutely done a Fox News in sort of blurring the line between, you know, partisan journalism and being like a campaign operative. Like this is a guy who worked for... Uh, Hillary Clinton, a guy who um, purchased, uh, I think it was in 2015, um, people can verify this for themselves, but where he purchased Blue Nation Review, he took Mm -hmm. over Blue Nation Review, uh, which is now ShareBlue, which publishes articles that are things like, um, you know, op-ed, the the real reason that uh, Trump doesn't like Hillary Clinton, he's jealous of her marriage, and things (laughs) like that, you know, uh, fuck David Brock. Anyway, um, we see Walter Cronkite. That's true. Which who I did not realize was still alive. Yeah, rest in power. Um, So the movie indulges in a little bit of kind of like nostalgia for, hmm. you know, the glory days of the news. It was quite clear when they founded the Fox Network uh, that uh, they intended to be a, a conservative organization, uh, beyond conservative, a far right-wing organization. I've never heard of any other network nor any other legitimate news organization doing that, newspaper or broadcast. So I guess I haven't uh, torn my britches. I can still get a job with Murdoch, right? Right. I mean, stepping back from the wider issues of the movie, like, just for a second, the the experience of watching it was quite something. I mean, partly because it was actually nauseating to watch so much Fox News. I've never seen so much Fox News. Well, every time they introduce a topic, I had to, like, kind of, like, prepare myself for the onslaught of of sort of smarmy John Hannity or Sean Hannity clips. Because not only is what they're they're saying awful, but it takes you back to that time in 2004 when it all felt so hopeless. Yeah, uh, (laughs) when the political debate in the United States was literally, you know, like, is John Kerry going to tax us to death? Like, what's about his war record versus, like, uh, we would do the war in Iraq, but we do it better. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you remember like, that the only alternative <laughs> to this was CNN, MSNBC, and Air America. But then the then the Slacker Uprising came. And well, it, <laughs> it, saved us all. As anyone as everyone yeah. knows from Slacker Uprising, uh, while. <laughs> 
John Kerry didn't win the election, Michael Moore did prepare the next generation of, of young political thinkers who then elected Barack Obama. <laughs> who, who spent like eight years dulcetorily droning Yemen and, uh, and repassing a Republican health care bill. Anyway, uh, boy. <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot to get a ticket for Michael Moore's one-man show. Right, you're our... going to New York. Yeah, yeah, too bad. Michael, if you're listening to this uh, and you want to give me a freebie... I think uh, I think he owes us after. I don't think anybody has discussed like his oeuvre in such detail. I as mean, us. I think you know Michael Moore's been very visible lately, and if we had some small part in that, <laughs> then I think uh, he should be gratified. <laughs> so, I mean, another thing that was strange about watching this movie is how dated everything looked because it's it was kind of the the clips sort of spanned like the year two thousand to two thousand you know four, I guess, and uh, everything just looks so old and and like. All the all the graphics that the networks use and stuff look so weird and I don't know it was a real it was a real trip down memory lane wasn't the, it? The movie itself also looks terrible. Oh it yeah, has all of this like shitty fonts and and just kind of unnecessary like flourishes like why are like there's these weird uh, weird fade outs and kind of side swipes. All that's and, missing is like a star dissolve. Yeah, they they clearly just used whatever kind of uh, template uh, yeah. things that were available on whatever like public access uh, like shareware that they but made this, this made movie on. this isn't about aesthetics. It's about getting <laughs> the information out there. <laughs> making it accessible. Okay, so let's let's talk about some of the the movie's objections to Fox News and maybe some of the wider issues with with media that they raise. Cause I think, you know, obviously the, the movie is, uh, correct to, to a certain extent. And it's, uh, I mean, Fox news is a very sinister mm-hmm. thing. It's a kind of a, an attempted private sector, big brother. There's no way around it. And it can be claimed with having created the world we're in today in a bit, in a big way. Yeah. yeah. But many of the criticisms that, that I think are made of Fox news, um, in this, in this film, are things you could apply to other networks. I mean... Well, they talk about the headlines on the screen and they talk about the use of the American flag and the logos and kind of the fast editing. And yeah, that's stuff that... You could say the same of something like The Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer, um, which... You know, I, I catch it sometimes when I'm at the gym because they, for some reason, have CNN on, on there all the time. And if you were trying to... Um, if you're If you, like, were governing a banana republic and you wanted to have, like, a you know, a talking head, like, like, uh, work in the interests of the regime, you couldn't do better than Wolf Blitzer. Mm -hmm. It really is just like, I guess there, there's a, there's a pretense of objectivity there too, which is kind of what makes, in a way I sometimes find like things that are not as partisan as Fox News kind of almost more insidious because like, I mean, something like CNN, their model is very much like they came of age during the Mm -hmm. first Gulf War and their business model was, I don't know if they pioneered it, but they certainly kind of popularized as a business model, embedding their correspondence with American forces and the State Department and just literally towing the line and sort of presenting the war like almost a video game as kind of infotainment um, in, in, you know, so they made themselves useful to state power. I mean, I'm not trying to sort of apologize for or minimize the insidiousness of Fox yeah. News, but like cable news is the problem. And, and the, they, mov- the movie doesn't think that. The movie thinks that Fox News has taken a, mm-hmm. the proud tradition yeah, of, that's of right. TV journalism. Mm-hmm. And, and if you just take Fox News out of the picture. Right. Like a lot of the complaints are things like, you know, and again, I'm not dismissing this yeah. as a complaint, but there's the guy from uh, Fairness and Accuracy in Reporting, which which is we should say is a, is a very useful uh, media criticism website website you know he, he talks about how uh you know certain shows they did an analysis that showed like 
there were like five times as many Republican or conservative guests as liberal or Democrat guests. And it's like, okay, in a way that's a problem. It's like a lack of balance. But then if you go to over, CNN, over to CNN, then there's your balance. And it's these like insufferable panels where it's just every hack from mm -hmm. both parties talking over each other. The public doesn't get information. It doesn't get a debate. It gets two competing message boxes, uh, which are both, you know, message boxes for two parties that are that actually get, you know, money from the net, the very like conglomerates owning these networks and stuff like the film at the very end sort of gets into this like corporate ownership of the media is the problem and stuff. But it would have been a lot better if uh, if, if that was kind of the more general critique. Um, and instead, the critique is just all these complaints about Fox News specifically, which I think is uh, is a lot less effective. I never understand how people can watch CNN or Unwatchable. MSNBC all day because yeah, it is just like two mm -hmm. hacks debating mm -hmm. at each debating each other, and it's mm -hmm. this kind of like mm -hmm. fake sense of fairness by right. having a Republican and a Democrat. What do they get out of it? Well, what was the famous John Stewart appearance on that show? Uh, Crossfire, Crossfire, with, uh, Tucker Carlson, right? Where he sort of laments. Um, actually, that it, just reminded me of a really fun. Just to 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 jump into the present for a second, there yeah. was a really funny Tucker Carlson thing I saw where he was praising. Uh, Trump for looking at the eclipse and yeah, saying that yeah. this is like the strongest thing that he that a president has done yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there was that famous appearance that Stewart did where basically the 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 crux of his complaint was like, why is there so much you know, you Partisan know partisanship divide. and divisiveness? Like, why can't we? And that you know that sort of culminated in as we discussed uh, you know a few episodes back, the rally to restore sanity, where it just people think the problem is is. You know, we just need better discourse. Um, not that there are kind of fundamental conflicts that, you know, divide people and, um, and you know, structures that are imbalanced that need to be corrected. It's funny, you know, and, and I, I made a special effort to come on the show today because I have uh, privately amongst my friends and also in occasional newspapers and television shows <laughs> mentioned uh, this show as being uh, uh, bad. <laughs> and, and, and I wanted to, I felt that that wasn't fair and I should come here and, and tell you that I don't, it's not so much that it's bad as it's hurting America. <laughs> so I, I wanted to but come here today let me, and say, wait, wait, no, I just, let me, let me here, here, here's just one, what I wanted to tell you guys. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I assume most of the people who watch CNN or M MSNBC must just be interested in politics for, like, the horse race right. side of it. I mean, those are the people who go to, like, Politicon. Right. Well, that speaks to a wider problem with kind of cable news and TV punditry in general, which is, a, 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 like, a complaint I would extend to uh, Canadian media and other media, where... You know, when politics are discussed, they're kind of discussed like a trade show. Yeah. Like the people that you have on are often paid spin doctors who are there to do a job. They're like ad people, essentially. Or you have people that are kind of campaign staffers, the people who, um, you know, are the logisticians of politics, the administrators. And then oftentimes the questions that are asked when, when they're not um, when they're not debating uh, these kind of, uh, I don't know, very like abstract partisan horse racy issues. Um, often they're just talking about, I guess, the uh, like they're sort of breaking the fourth wall of politics. They're talking about the the process of politics. For example, I remember, I think it was the first day of the Canadian election campaign in 2015. Uh, the CBC ran a segment that was interviewing people who'd been responsible for like setting up party campaign launches in the past. Mm -hmm. And the questions were things like, 
you know, so what goes into a launch like this? What are you trying to kind of achieve with a launch like this? And, you know, on the first day of an election, like an election campaign is supposed to be, you know, a national debate about Mm -hmm. something. And like the instinct of cable news, when it's not just giving voice to like hackery is like, I think even in some ways, a stronger instinct is just to talk about kind of the uh, like politics, like a vocation and like a trade. And I think that's a problem if if the goal of the media is to actually inform the public about about things and give them the tools to be be good democratic citizens, I don't think um, the way that even like much more honorable news programs than Fox um, or news networks than Fox, like I, I don't think they really achieve that. I think people like to watch these panel shows and think that they're kind of like on the level of the panel. That's you right. Know, That's they, why all the shows yeah. are called like the insiders. Yeah. Like, so they, so when the panel talks about like the optics of politics right. or like in 2008, mm-hmm. there was this whole news cycle over the fact that Obama wasn't wearing an American flag oh, lapel pin. God. You remember that? Like, the people who watch CNN like to think, mm. huh, well, how are the how are the voters less smart than me, less right. on and, the inside? And that's really funny this? because then you get you get whole election cycles where it's voters sort of watching these debates about what they themselves are thinking and then having their own thinking governed by that as opposed to any kind of actual considerations about what they want to see in government or whatever. Yeah, I, I, that's, I mean, that's a complaint that extends far beyond Fox News. It's something that I really hate about cable news in general. Uh, maybe we'll just say that I think the best part of this movie, Outfoxed, is the scene where, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Jeremy Glick, whose father was the 9-11. Uh, he was killed on 9-11. Yeah, he was died on 9-11, and he signed a letter... Um, against the Iraq War, right? Yeah, and accusing the United or no against Afghanistan. Yeah, and he, he accusing the United States of being responsible for training. Yeah, Mujahideen you know, and stuff. Um, yeah, and Bill O'Reilly had him on and had a debate with him, and like just bullies him on air. Basically, and this guy he holds up remarkably well to because his we see a montage of people just being mowed down one after another by O'Reilly, and this guy kind of did well. Here's the record, all right? You didn't support the action against Afghanistan to remove the Taliban. You were against it. Why would I want to brutalize and further punish the people in Afghanistan? Who killed your father? The people in Afghanistan didn't kill my father. Sure they did. The Al-Qaeda people were trained there. The Al-Qaeda people? What about the Afghanistan? See, I'm more angry about it than you are. So what about George Bush? What about George Bush? He had nothing to do with it. The director, senior, as director. He of had guy. nothing to so do with it. the people that trained 100,000 Mujahideen Man. who were I hope your mom isn't man. watching this. Oh, I well, hope your mother okay. is not watching this. That's it. I'm not going to say anymore. Okay. In respect for your father. In September as a 14th, porter, do you want to know what I was up. doing? Shut up. Oh, please as don't respect, tell me to shut up. As respect, in, in respect for your father, who was a Port Authority worker, a fine American, who got killed unnecessarily by barbarians. By radical extremists yeah, fine. trained by right. this government. Respect not for the him. people of America, I'm not the people, the ruling you. class, the small minority. Cut his mic. But I think, you know, looking at the present now, um, I mean, one of the things that, one of the few things that I think was validating and, and kind of affirmative about the, the last U.S. election cycle was realizing, like, this whole apparatus of um, not just Fox News, but like cable news and punditry it's completely lost control like um on the democratic side and on the republican side these networks are uh to a large extent out of uh out of sync with their audiences or they've just lost huge portions of their audiences uh which are you know um on the democratic side much more likely to read jacobin or listen to the young turks or or whatever it is and on the uh 
uh, Republican side have gone further to the right with Breitbart and um, and that kind of thing. I, I think mean, MSNBC gets more viewers than Jacobin gets readers. Yes, of course it does. Yeah. Um, but I mean, MSNBC was yeah. boosting Hillary Clinton and mm-hmm. and uh, and she almost like got beat by and she had to like cheat in order to win. So yeah. you know, like the same process happened on both sides. The kind of overthrow uh, was was a success on the right and not on the left, but it was nearly a success on the left. With Fox News, it was interesting this last election cycle, uh, you know, watch them, watching Trump spurn them and watch them try to distance themselves mm-hmm. from Trump, try to try to use their power to tr- mm-hmm. crush Trump. And now they're trying to keep up with Breitbart. Right. It's really funny now. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. But I mean, now that Bannon is back at Bre- he was sort of back at the Breitbart mm-hmm. office within like an hour or whatever of leaving mm-hmm. the White House. Um, and the rumor is that he's going to become quite hostile to mm-hmm. to, to the Trump administration, uh, which is really funny. Uh, it's been very funny also watching... Uh, like the even crazier people that boosted Trump, like Alex Jones, um, mm-hmm. try to kind of, you know, uh, walk this very fine line, mm-hmm. um, whether whether Trump is a glo- is a globalist <laughs> or not. Um, and it's going to be really funny to see how uh, how that plays out. So Outfoxed ends with a call to action uh, with all of these kind of we the people democrat pundit saying that you know what we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore was david brock in that part uh, i can't remember but... david brock i was just reminded was like i i had to I have to add this to the list of so david brock and his like pleas in this movie for like whatever he was the guy that said well it would appear that black lives don't matter to bernie sanders <laughs> uh, um and he was the one that like after uh, i think it was after hillary uh like there was like a basically a dead heat in the iowa caucuses uh, he was like on on MSNBC demanding like Bernie Sanders release his medical records. Um, anyway, it's really so, funny that yeah, it... in the last five minutes of this movie, we got one pundit after another saying, listen, when you see media bias, you have to go out there and you have to fight against it. You have to be an activist. We have to create our own, mm-hmm. you know, uh, systems of information dis- mm-hmm. dis- dispensation. Right. And I mean, flash forward over 10 years later when these same people were are now like the gatekeepers right they're the ones being like uh here's why the country isn't ready for free tuition yeah. and like single payer health care and whatever yeah yeah <laughs> I, I think okay if i can if i can offer a sort of sketch of like a an alternative theory of the media to the one offered in this movie so um going back to david brock again for a sec last time i promise um he i guess is now uh trying to set up what he called he said we need a bright bard of the left this was a few months ago mm-hmm. um and I don't know exactly what happened, but initially, uh, David Serrata, who's a very good investigative journalist, was kind of had like sort of signed up to be involved in this Mm -hmm. and then kind of dropped out a few months later and sort of said, like, you know, this wasn't really uh, people can look up the letter he wrote. But, you know, he was it was polite about David Brock, but he sort of said that, you know, this this really wasn't kind of what it initially was explained to me as it was going to be and that kind of thing. Anyway, I think that the bright bar to the left is the wrong, is really the wrong frame. And I think that is what a lot of these people right back from air America. Mm. Um, that it's, is it's what so, they think. Yeah. It's so cynical. That's what they think. What neat, what, what's yeah. needed is just, um, partisan news outlets that support liberal, like institutional liberalism instead of conservatism. And I, I think that if you look at, um, successful alt media that plays an actual constructive role uh like i would say things like jacobin you know jacobin is actually rooted in a like an ideological tradition Mm -hmm. and like um so 
and it, like it's its aims aren't exactly partisan. I mean, they're I mean they're partisan insofar as they're they're trying to further a a program and and a and a set of objectives, but they they are not sort of moored to like whatever the like Democratic Party line of the day is. They're rooted in a much richer tradition. And if you want positive, constructive media that actually changes things and builds a counterweight to things like Fox News, that's the direction you need to go in, not like this Breitbart of the left bullshit. I think what we need is a revival of Air America. But guess what was so great about that was that Air America showed us that actually liberals love the troops more than conservatives because liberals don't want to send them to die for an unjust cause. Did, did you ever watch it? Uh, or, or listen, listen to it. it yeah uh no no i mean i don't i don't think we got air america if there's a funny Canada. if there's like a clip that we can edit in that would be really funny i've never like if there's like a funny al franken clip or well, something maybe maybe that's how this episode will end <laughs> uh, anyway until next time watch this drive hurry evan come on come on three two broadcasting from an underground bunker 3500 feet below dick cheney's Woo! bunker Air America Radio is on the air. I'm Al Franken, and welcome to The O'Franken Factor. Today is both an ending and a beginning. An end to the right-wing dominance of talk radio. The beginning of a battle for truth, a battle for justice, a battle indeed for America itself. Not to be grandiose. Folks, you and I know that the radical right wing of the Republican Party has taken over not just the White House, the Congress, and increasingly the courts, but even, and perhaps most insidiously, the airways. And we know that they are lying, lying without shame, lying with impunity, safe in the knowledge that there is no watchdog with a platform large enough to call them on their willful untruths. Someday we will find that watchdog. Until then, I will have to do. Now, some people have asked me why the name The O'Franken Factor. Well, one reason and one reason only. To annoy and bait Bill O'Reilly.